Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, continuing on with the 25 Years series today and have an interesting topic. Uh, the, the two short years that Steve McNair was a Raven. Joining me to talk about that is James Lorman. James, how are you doing, buddy, first of all? And thanks for doing this. I'm doing great. Thanks, Ken. I'm excited to share my experience uh, growing up a Ravens fan and first time uh, having a Seeing a great quarterback in Baltimore, for me at least. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So you missed the Vinny Testaverde era, and, and I'm sorry, you missed the Stony Case era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so just my personal experience as a fan, uh, I was eight years old when the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Um, make you feel a little old, I guess, when I say that. Yes. But <laughs> but I, two th- year 2000, uh, yeah, I was eight years old, but that was the first year I was locked in on the Ravens. Uh, so everything past 2000, I have a, a memory of. But before that, I was not yet uh, a, a stalwart fan. Um, but yeah, for me growing up, uh, the Ravens fan, the Super Bowl run was magical. But it was, you know, like most Ravens fans, it was just constantly revolving door at quarterback. And, um, you know, we had uh, Trent Dilfer for the Super Bowl year. You know, he was he got the job done. He was a game manager, made some key throws for us go to Elvis Gerback. We had high expectations. He kind of fell flat. Um, and then you go to Kyle Bowler, first round pick. And he was just kind of a disaster quarterback. Uh, I think to most fans, um, statistically as well. And then it was like, you know, had always this great defense and everyone always would say, Oh, if they just had a quarterback, they would just be, you know, winning the Super Bowl, you know, multiple times. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden with the opportunity to acquire Steve McNair and, you know, for me, oh, yeah, go for it. Sorry. So, so <laughs> Billick, of course, and you're mentioning this from from '99 to '05. Despite the fact they'd been a very successful coach, uh, had never had a franchise quarterback, never, never once. And and obviously, you know, Lewis and then Reed together had never played with a franchise quarterback. And they uh, each had a hand. Uh, Lewis for certain more uh, in terms of trying to recruit. Steve McNair to Baltimore. But what can you tell us about the background of McNair, first of all, uh, before he came here? Yeah. I mean, again, for me as a, as a young fan, Steve McNair was uh, by far my favorite quarterback. Um, you know, watching him play against the Ravens, he um, just the physicality he brought to the position. Uh, he was kind of like Ben Roethlisberger before Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he just could throw off of, you know, defensive end. He could shoot, shoot down the field with some speed. Uh, and just always made these clutch throws at the end of the games. And uh, he was, yeah, he was like, what a, he was always the ideal Ravens quarterback in my mind. Uh, yeah. okay, so McNair that offseason had been effectively fired by the Titans. It wasn't quite at the end of his contract, but he was told not to report to the team facility and then eventually was you know not admitted in because they didn't want to give away information about their offense to someone they knew wasn't going to be there. So they're trying to trade him. That probably reduced his value a little bit. And so the Ravens got him. Uh, Ravens, one of the few NFL teams that didn't have a quarterback at all. There's lots of guys who have a quarterback that's not going to work out, but the Ravens didn't have a quarterback at all. And for a contending team, that's very unusual. Uh, and, and McNair came to Baltimore, seemed like a natural fit. 
Uh, what, what do you remember hearing about Ray Lewis recruiting McNair? Um, I don't remember that particular narrative, but uh, I did just watch a, uh, a Baltimore Ravens video talking about the 2006 year, and Ray Lewis was saying in the interview that, um, yeah, that, that it was just like a night and day experience getting to have McNair in the building, uh, you know, finally having the offense kind of pull their weight and give them a break on defense. <laughs> well, Lewis had said during that season that he basically had McNair as a contact in his phone and he wasn't under Steve McNair. He was called the chosen one. <laughs> and it's saying so he had had a heavy, heavy uh, uh, influence in trying to recruit McNair, obviously, and and uh, and get him to come to play in Baltimore, though, you know, it was just a matter of trading. So I guess it was just a matter of the two front offices deciding what's an appropriate amount of value to exchange. And that probably became less the Ravens having their way with other teams that that kind of sh- show their hand in terms of mm-hmm. trading. And McNair shows up. And of course, he's a Raven and uh, hardly plays at all in that preseason. Yeah, um, I honestly don't remember the preseason games, but, um, you know, once he came out uh, week one against the Buccaneers, it was just, it was like the light turned on right away. (laughs) Yeah, that very first drive, driving them, what, 80 yards, I think it was. I think it was from the 20 they they started, and uh, it it took about 10 minutes, I want to say. I may be wrong, maybe it was only eight minutes, but it seemed like it was, you know, in that range. Uh, they ran short passes, but it was one of these methodical drives up the field that the Ravens had so rarely had during the bowler era. Yeah. And that was one of the other things, uh, Ray Lewis said in this interview was that the, the eight minute drives were just, it was incredible for the defense because they came out ready to, ready to roll and just, you know, knock, knock the, knock guys out pretty much. All right. I think I'm getting some feedback from your chair here, so I'll let you know to watch that there. Um, it, it, it really was. McNair took over the team immediately. I mean, maybe his highlight in that 2006 season was the comeback against the Titans in Tennessee. The Ravens had an unbelievable number of great games in Tennessee. Uh, but but the that 2006 win where they're down 26-7 to and came back, scored 20 unanswered points uh, to win that game was was a thing of beauty and it ended up with McNair to Mason for the winning touchdown in the fourth quarter. Yeah. What sweet revenge for those two, uh, getting to stick it to their old team. What, what else do you remember about McNair, the player? And, and then, you know, obviously the 2006 postseason did not work out for Steve and it was kind of a, 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 a foreshadowing perhaps of what would happen in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what kind of sticks out in my mind from from that year was some of the performances he put up against the Steelers. Um, you know, I mean, our defense shut them down that year. Uh, I mean, I was just I'm just pulling up the stats. They only scored seven points against us in both games combined, but uh, McNair played excellently against the Steelers, and that was something that also I loved about McNair. He was like a Steelers killer. You know, he he always had a way of of getting past past the Steelers. And uh, the one throw that I most remember from that whole year was he was uh, getting hit in the pocket and he threw a perfect loft down the left sideline and landed right in Demetrius Williams lap for a touchdown. And that was just the kind of play you just never, never saw before from a Ravens quarterback. And uh, again, just that physicality where he could take a hit and make a beautiful throw or scramble and make a beautiful throw. 
Yeah, I, I, I remember that one well. I think it's in the same game because I think this was in the third quarter, the Demetrius Williams, but it may have been in Baltimore. I'm, I'm, I might be confusing this. But the first touchdown that he threw over the head of Palomalu to Clayton in the game at Pittsburgh that the Ravens eventually won 31-7, to that thing was, was just a gorgeous right-on-the-money throw. And they're, they're, uh, they're just, frankly, were not that many of those during the Bowler era. Bowler, not a very accurate quarterback, and, and it would really show time after time. The other thing is uh, Bowler seemed to have a lot of trouble throwing a flat football. Uh, you know, he wanted to loft the ball a lot, wasn't that accurate with it, but, but really throwing accurate passes that he could get over the line of scrimmage was a problem of his. Yeah, I mean – what I remember from Bowler was either he had to throw it on a line drive um, or he could do this kind of loft pass down the, down the seam to heap. But that was about, <laughs> felt like his whole repertoire of what he could do decently well. But yeah, you know, he was like, he'd have flashes and then he would just make a boneheaded interception that would just drive you crazy. Um, yeah. And just looking at the stats from the year prior, uh, I was looking at, you know, the, the, the QB rating from 2005 and, you know, Anthony Wright, Kyle Bowler were down near the bottom of the league uh, for both of them. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, McNair came in and he was kind of middle of the pack, you know. But in terms of what he did for the offense, uh, being able to sustain those long drives down the field, extending drives, giving the defense a rest, it, it propelled the defense, I think, to a new level because, you know, people debate whether the 2006 defense was better than the 2000 defense, but... Mm-hmm. 2000 defense didn't have Steve McNair a quarterback to kind of take some pressure off. Um, right. So, yeah, that that. But then the the playoff performance was just baffling for McNair. I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, it was a it was a tough game. A tough game for a lot of Ravens, but McNair in particular threw an interception uh, inside the 10 yard line in the the waning moments of the first half that could have got him right back into the game. Uh, and then uh, never really got it going. They lost that game, what, 15-6 to six in the end. And it was the defense that kept them in that game, holding holding uh, Manning to five field goals, a couple interceptions by Ed Reed. I mean, Manning did not really play well that day, and yet they, uh, they still could not pull out a win. And it haunts me to this day because they would have played at home in the AFC Championship. It would have been the only time that the Ravens ever have because the Chargers got beat. Um, and then, you know, they would have had the, a fairly clear run to the Super Bowl. The Bears were the NFC team. They weren't particularly special, in my opinion, uh, certainly as an NFC champion. And, uh, you know, it would have, been a, would have been a real possibility. Yeah, I had high hopes for that team as well. And uh, I unfortunately couldn't watch the playoff game, maybe fortunately. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually at like a, I was at a confirmation retreat <laughs> that, that weekend. And, but all the people in the retreat were huddled around the radio trying to hear the game, what was happening. And I just remember the, the goal line interception to heap and everyone just like screamed and were like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. You know? and, and it was just out of character because McNair had been so clutch all year. And then I, I, I mean, looking back now, I wonder if there was a factor of familiarity because the Colts were in the same division as McNair. Mm-hmm. And that was a rivalry between the Colts and the Titans. And I wonder if they had some kind of knowledge of, of what he was good or bad at. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, he just made some terrible throws. Like he threw a terrible pick trying to hit Demetrius Williams over the middle that got intercepted. And the heat pass was just off target. Um, so it's just unfortunate. It had to end that way. Yeah, tough game. And uh, one of those really weird games, it was January and it was warm. 
And it was a really, really weird day. You may remember that from being on your retreat, that it was a nice day outside. But, yeah. Uh, uh, it uh, wasn't a good football day anyway. But, uh, but, you know, that was a time, too, where the Ravens were a very wind-resistant playoff team. And that was a lot of what went into them being such a good road playoff team was that their defense you know wasn't bothered by cold weather high winds and the things in fact those things were great and then to have this wonderful you know chamber of commerce day show up when they play the freaking cults and you know in january of 07 it was just a nightmare uh and, you know since then honestly i think the lamar era has been marred by bad playoff weather they had a warm day against the titans in that first loss but it was windy and and that caused that helped cause the first interception. Uh, and, and I, I just I, I do not think Lamar has gotten ideal weather for any of his of his games. I'm not saying it's the only reason they lost those games. I just you know a lot of wind against the Chargers. You know bad wind against the uh, against the Titans. Uh, it, it just hasn't been ideal. And and hopefully uh, they get some good weather in in some coming seasons. And and if not, you know maybe the Ravens need to think about building a dome. That would be I I think it would be an interesting thing to try. Uh, might be too late for Lamar's career, honestly, because it, it, it takes four years to get one of those things built. But uh, but it would help a lot. Yeah, I haven't even that hasn't really been on my radar. The weather being a factor for Lamar. Um, you know, to me, it just it's felt more like the other team has, has done something to kind of just confuse him in the playoffs. Like there's something in their back pocket, they kind of pull out in the playoffs and he, and he's just, he's just not quite there mentally to be able to grasp it and react. Um, but I do think, you know, obviously with more experience, he was able to get by the Titans this past year. And, uh, you know, barring that, you know, that crazy pick at the end of the bills game and then the concussion, you know, that could have, turned out differently too well, but, and and a very windy game there in buffalo of course which you'd expect yeah. so right yeah. true oh. anyway so back to back to mcnair the 07 season came along mcnair wasn't the same quarterback anymore had a lot of trouble getting the ball down the field uh that was it was kind of a the, the knock on him when he came to baltimore to start with was that he really didn't have the strongest arm in the league but by the 07 season, he was really having trouble, a lot of shoulder issues and a lot of trouble getting the ball down the field. And Kyle Bowler would actually come in and had his best year as a replacement in 06. He's still the only quarterback in Ravens history. If you if you have a minimum pass total, I think it might be 50. I, I set the limit. Who's ever had a 100 QB rating in a season? That was before Lamar. Uh, he... Uh, uh, Started the very first 07 game. He either came in in relief against the Bengals or he started that game. I can't remember which. And uh, he was the one that actually did the interception in that 20 to 19 loss in the opener. 2019, oh. 27 to 19, whichever it was. Oh, the very first game of 06? 07. 07. Okay. Yeah. So when they when they lost the game on Monday Night Football, Ed Reed had a big punt return to put the Ravens up twenty seven. Yeah, I think it was twenty seven to twenty. They lost because Ed Reed's punt return brought put them up twenty to nineteen. Yeah, I just remember McNair kind of. It, it felt like he just hit a wall that that following year. You know, and it's just disappointing because he wasn't that old. I think he was thirty four or something. Um, you know, now we're seeing Tom Brady just push push the limits of time itself, but. <laughs> Um, but you know, you got to remember it was a different era and he, he dealt with so many injuries. I mean, he was, he just got pulverized, you know, and he would play through it. Um, and so, 
you know, maybe that was the beginning of the end of that Colts game, but yeah, he just didn't never looked right once he came out in 07. And, you know, and, and I, I uh, watched his retirement, uh, you know, conversation or, or announcement. And, you know, it, it, it was a really good announcement. It was very humble. And he was just admitting and acknowledging that he kind of reached a point where his body and his mind were no longer able, his body wasn't able to do the things his mind wanted to do anymore. And, uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, he was able to move on from the game uh, in a graceful, graceful way. He was always a classy guy, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Very, very tragic, obviously, what happened to him after he left the game. And, uh, you know, he's he's left us at a young age. Uh, We don't need to go into all the details of that, but it's it's the kind of thing that uh, you wish wouldn't happen to any athlete. yeah, I was very sad when I heard that news. It, w- it was just one of those athletes I, I yeah I had a very strong affinity for and love watching play. And that you know it was it was like a Kobe Bryant moment for me when when he passed. It was very sad. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, we all have that when we lose some hero from our youth, and they're they're all of a sudden gone too young, and and uh, that's very tragic. But anyway, Steve McNair certainly has a place in Ravens history. He went fifteen and seven as a Ravens starting quarterback. Uh, and that was pretty terrific uh, when you really think about it. And uh, uh, appreciate you coming on, James, and and talking about this. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you. Yeah, sure. Um, so my Twitter handle is thinking of NFL. Um, I try to avoid uh, most of the stuff on Twitter, but I do enjoy the, the good Ravens and football talk on Twitter. So um, my uh, Twitter handle is thinking of NFL. So. All right. Outstanding, James. Thanks for coming on. Other folks out there, if you want to do a 25 years episode, uh, just send me a DM on Twitter. I'll get back to you very quickly and we'll be able to do this. We still have about 15 more to tape uh, this year. So still an opportunity for you to get on if you haven't yet. Uh, James, thanks again for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.